Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Network. One of the difficulties of controlling illegal opioids is that it comes mixed in with other substances. Sometimes detecting it can take hours of chemical analysis and pose dangers to law enforcement lab people. My next guest is a chemist at the National Institute of Standards and Technology who developed a way to cut the analysis time from hours to seconds. For his work, he's a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. Dr. Edward Sisko joins me now. Dr. Sisko, good to have you in studio. Thank you for having me. Opioid, illegal, fentanyl, this kind of thing is very potent. So therefore, it gets cut into other substances as it's imported. What's going on here? Yeah, so the main issue um, with fentanyl coming into the country is it's very toxic. Um, and so it's, usually you can't give it pure. Um, so what p- drug dealers will do is they'll cut it with a bunch of other material, um, whether that's other drugs like heroin or just inert materials that they have lying around. And then they'll cut it up, package it, and go on and sell it. And so our goal is to figure out technology that can help law enforcement and forensic labs do an analysis quicker and safer um, to determine if there's fentanyl or other potent drugs present in that evidence. So it comes in from presumably China as pure, and then the people that receive it then cut it for distribution in this country. Either in this country or in other countries, yep. And by the way, does it come in a liquid? What form does it come in? It's typically a white powder. And so then what does it get cut with? It can be any anything you could imagine. Um, heroin's a big one. Other fentanyls, different types of fentanyl is a big one. Things like quinine, levamisole, veterinary drugs, baby formula powder, lactose, all anything that is a powder that you might want to put in there, they will put so in there. So then the people that have to have it then can choose which way they want to take it. Is baby food or is it dog biscuit? My assumption is that the person taking it probably doesn't know what other stuff is in there when they go to take it. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Then what is the issue with detection then? What makes it difficult for labs to, to find this out? The biggest thing is because it's so potent, it's present at a very low amount. And so all that other stuff that's mixed in when you go to a chemical analysis, that's what most instrumentation is going to see. Um, The second issue is it is so toxic that inhaling just a small amount of it could cause adverse reactions to either law enforcement or forensic science. Um, And so we want to be able to detect it without having to open it uh, to get initial detection of is there something in there that we need to be concerned with or not. Right. So that if it was cut into some vitamin pill, for example, I guess there are home pill making machinery nowadays, you wouldn't want to crush that pill in a lab lest you get a whiff of whatever is in there. Exactly. Yep. And what is the analysis that's typically done? Is it a spectrum analysis or how does it work? Typically what they do now in the forensics labs is they'll take a amount, small amount of that powder, dissolve it in a liquid and run on an instrument called uh, GCMS, which gives them the chemical profile of all the different things that are present um, in that sample. And that takes a couple hours to do that whole analysis. Plus, you have to break it up. So if they're on the trail of someone and they have to wait a couple of hours, there could be a lost time for law enforcement. And if they have to break it up, then there's the danger that you mentioned. So what is the technology or technique that you developed? So the technique that we're using is a variant of what's called DART, direct analysis in real time, mass spec. It has similar principles to the analysis they're using now, but we don't separate the compounds, um, which is the big difference in the time savings. And so we can take a swipe, just like when you go to the airport and they'll swipe your hands or your baggage for explosives detection. We'll use those exact same types of swipes. You can swipe the outside of the drug evidence, stick it in the the instrument, and then in a number of seconds, you'll have the results of what's in there. And this is a sort of optical instrument? No, it's mass-based. So we're measuring the mass of the molecules in the sample. From a tiny sample that you might swab with like a Q-tip. Exactly. Yeah. If you see the sample, it's too much sample for us. Wow. You're a PhD in research chemistry, so this is a, basically a chemical process. Yep. It's a chemical analysis process. Yep. Interesting. And it takes how long then? Uh, about three seconds you'll have in a result. Does law enforcement require 
then they have to require special equipment to be able to do this. Yeah, so this is a lab right now it's a laboratory based instrument. So you'd have to bring the evidence to a laboratory, a forensics lab, and they could do this analysis for you, but they can get you the result much quicker than they could nowadays. We're speaking with Dr. Edward Sisko. He's a research chemist at NIST and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. Just out of curiosity, you're a young guy. You just have a PhD in chemistry locally from the University of Maryland. How did you happen to get into NIST? What what motivated you to join federal service? A um, little bit of fate. So I got my undergraduate degree at West Virginia University uh, in forensic science. Went on to get my, decided when I was graduating whether I wanted to go into PhD, get a master's, decided to get a PhD. And the program I was at actually allowed me to go wherever I wanted to do my research as long as I could find funding for it. And so through a Department of Defense scholarship, I was able to actually stay at NIST or do my PhD research at NIST. And then I was able to get hired on after the fact and I haven't left. So what is your contribution to be able to earn a PhD? Because we're talking chemistry, not Flemish art of the 17th century here. My thesis was really two different areas. One was looking at the chemistry of latent fingerprints to see if we could figure out how old a fingerprint is based on the chemistry in it. And the second was um, trace explosives detection using a similar technology to what we're discussing today. Yeah, so your theme then is very tiny amounts that give very large amounts of data. Yes, exactly. So molecules, really, instead of blobs, you yep. might say, or, or tangible amounts. Got it. And uh, what's it like at NIST? I mean, it seems like they are pretty supportive of this type of work. Yeah, NIST has really doubled down in forensics research in the last seven years or so. I think it's a great place to work. It's You have a lot of autonomy. Um, you're able to kind of work very closely with stakeholders. So I work very closely with a number of the forensics labs locally, internationally, and that really helps us drive what research we're doing. And our directors are really supportive of that kind of approach. And taking this small swab type of technical approach to detecting the elements in a, in a particular substance, what happens if the fentanyl is in a tiny cell deep in the pill and you rub the outside and you won't get the fentanyl or whatever it is you're looking for or everything that's in there? Is that a possibility? It's definitely a possibility. Um, we've rigorously tested that. So we've gone over, we've done over a thousand samples of this type of analysis and we're at greater than 95% accuracy in predicting what drugs are present in terms of fentanyl. We haven't missed fentanyl yet. The technique we're using actually is extremely sensitive to fentanyl more so than other drugs. Sure. And the technology and the machinery, is it commercially available at this point or does it only exist in, in the NIST labs? No, it is commercially available. Any laboratory could adopt it if they so choose. So a large city police lab, for example, or an FBI lab or somewhere could, is that what you've seen? Yeah, and we have worked with laboratories throughout the country on helping them bring this technology in and uh, up and running. So what's your next project? Um, we're really trying to push this type of platform for our surveillance uh, idea. So can we use it to get real-time information to help public health efforts in determining if they start seeing a certain type of, of fentanyl or a certain type of compound that's being attributed to a lot of overdoses, can they initiate a public health response to help limit the damage? But it strikes me this could be used for detection of adulteration in any number of domains, like food, where it's not fentanyl you're looking for, but maybe, I don't know, didn't China itself have an issue with baby formula cut with things that weren't really proper for a baby to ingest. Yeah, there's definitely a number of applications of food, agriculture, pesticides would be a big one as well from the agricultural perspective, a um, number of areas where you could use this type of technology. Dr. Edward Sisko is a research chemist at NIST and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. 
57 past the hour. This is The Federal Drive with Tom Temin. For the latest updates, stay with federalnewsnetwork.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Up next, the top national headlines from CBS News and The Federal Newscast. I'm Tom Temin. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.